Thank you, brother. You do a good job. I appreciate your ministry here in the church. Thankful for all of you back there singing tonight. Man, y'all sounding good. I love my church. Thankful for my church. God has blessed us around here. Amen. The scripture says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. And um, freedom to worship God is a powerful thing. You know, I was thinking as we were singing back there this morning, we sang some of the newest contemporary worship songs. We worship Jesus. And the Lord blessed. And there was a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. Um, felt the presence of God strong here this morning. And then tonight we sang some old hymn songs. And we worship Jesus. And the Spirit of God was in this place. And I'm thankful for that. Folks, it's not near as much about the style of music with which you worship as the object that you worship. We have come tonight for nothing more than to worship the Lord Jesus. And as long as we keep doing that, he'll keep blessing. Amen? And uh, so thankful for that. What a blessing it is to be in God's house tonight. So glad to see each and every one of you. Now, I told you this morning that we were going to uh, talk just a little bit about the Nicaragua trip and uh, what we've got planned for that. And, um, and I am so very excited for what I saw last weekend in Nicaragua, how, how God is working down there and, and uh, blessing in those churches and those pastors. And that was so exciting for me to see, but I'm even more excited to share with you here at Mount Zion how we all can be a part of it. There are several things that I love about being on the mission field. Um, there is few things in this life that I love more than being on the mission field. Man, it's a, what a blessing it is to be able to go and do what God has called us to do and saved us to do. And um, I love having the opportunity to go. Um, tonight, I just want to share with you very quickly three of those things that excite me as your pastor about being able to go and be a part of what God is doing um, on the mission field in Nicaragua. Number one, you get to meet brothers and sisters in Christ that you have a common kinship with. And what I mean by that, I mean, they, folks, they may look different than you look. They speak different than you speak. They come from a different culture and um, are different in a lot of ways. But we have a common bond, and that common bond with them and with us is the Lord Jesus Christ and our service to him. And so I've come to find out that people can be from, um, be a different nationality, a different color, from a different culture. None of that matters. What really matters is that they are brothers and sisters in Christ. And when you spend just a little bit of time with them, you see that. And man, what a blessing that is. And uh, so I love that part of it. That's always um, a great blessing for me is just meeting and serving alongside uh, these brothers and sisters all over the world. And I was able to meet some of them last week. And uh, man, what a blessing they were to me. Number two, when we choose to be obedient to the Great Commission, God blesses our mission with his power and presence. I've come to find that to be true every time I've been on any mission trip, whether it be um, here in the States or it's a foreign mission trip, whatever the case may be. 
When we choose to be obedient to what God has called us to do, He blesses us with His presence and power in a very special way. And that's not to say that God don't bless us daily with His presence and power, for He does. And I'm in no way, shape, form, or fashion tonight trying to tell you that you only go on the mission field one week out of the year when we go to Nicaragua or we go to somewhere else. We're on the mission field every day as the believer, um, as, the, as the body of Christ. Listen, when you go to your workplace, you're on the mission field. When you go to your school, you're on a mission field. Uh, when you go to your home, when you go to the grocery store, to the ball game, wherever we're at and there's lost people around, that's our mission field. But I'm telling you, there's something special. When you choose to be obedient and say, yes, Lord, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to go where you tell me to go. And man, when you uh, choose to be obedient to the Great Commission, God blesses you in your mission. He certainly does. So what is the Great Commission? Well, it comes from Matthew chapter uh, number 18, or excuse me, Matthew 28 in verse number 19. And it says there that we are to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So that's the Great Commission. That's what Jesus told all of us to do. And when we choose to be obedient to that, then he blesses us this power and presence in a very, very special way. And what's that look like? Well, God begins to open doors that only he can open. God begins to do things in the life of people that only he can do. Um, he saves souls and, 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 and does things that only God can. And that's what really excites me. I've told you before, what excites me about church is not what I can do or what you can do. Now, I'm glad that you're gifted and get, you're here to serve and all of that's wonderful. But what excites me about what is happening in, in a body of believers is not what we can do in our own power, but, only, but what God can do only in His power. When I start seeing God work in the lives of people, God doing what only He can do, that is truly exciting. And folks, the Lord has never failed to do that when we have chosen to go on the mission field. It's amazing how God does that. And so he blesses our mission with his power and presence when we are obedient to do what he's called us to do, to go and make disciples um, across the street and around the world. And as God gives us opportunity, we must be boldly step through the doors that he opens um, and serve him and be, be obedient to what he's called us to do. Number three, we get to fulfill our purpose when we get on the mission field. And so with that comes a great sense of contentment and accomplishment when you know you're actually doing what you've been saved to do. And again, that's not just one week out of the year. Please don't misunderstand me. But it is something special when you get to go and actually be what you've been saved to be and do what God has saved you to do. So what is our purpose? Well, our purpose when we go to Nicaragua is really threefold. And we've talked a lot about this. It's not going to be something that's new to you. Uh, but I think it is so. I know it's something that needs to be said continually. Our purpose when we are doing any kind of mission work is to first of all evangelize. We want to take the gospel to the end of the world as God gives us opportunity. Whether that be uh, to our neighbor across the street or Nicaragua or wherever God opens the door, we want to step through that door and boldly go by the power of God and evangelize um, every man, woman, and boy, girl that we possibly can. We want to go and share with them the truth of who Jesus is. Now listen to me, folks. Let me tell you what I get so excited, so jacked up about preaching the gospel, about evangelizing the world. Because I want people to know the same Jesus I know. I want people to have what I have. 
Because I've been where they are. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, I feel sorry for those who don't know Christ. I want them to experience the peace of God that passeth all understanding. I want them to experience the joy of the Lord um, that, that only comes in a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want them to experience the power that God gives so that we might live in a way pleasing unto Him. I want them to know what the abundant life is all about. But folks, how do you know? How are they going to know if we don't tell them? How are they going to know if we don't share? The Bible says that if our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. So it's up to us in the body of Christ to go into all the world and preach this gospel. And if it's real to you, that ought to be your purpose in life above everything else. Romans 10, 13 says it like this. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many believe that tonight? Me too. But now we don't need to forget Romans 10, 14. Romans 10, 14 says, how are they going to call on him in whom they've not heard? And how are they going to uh, uh, hear if they don't have a preacher? And how are they going to preach if they hadn't been sent? Now, let me give you some good news. How many know we've all been called to preach? Now, you may not be called to pastor a church and stand behind a pulpit Sunday after Sunday. That not, may not be your calling. But you as a believer have been called to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The good news to the lost in this world. All of us have. And let me say something else. You've been sent too. Do you know that? See, a lot of people think, well, I, I, I don't go to the mission field unless I hear this great big booming voice from heaven call down and say that you need to go. Now, how many of you know God can do that? He can do that. He has done that. <laughs> Amen? That's not a problem for God. He can handle that. I, I wonder sometimes if we could handle it, if God actually did it. But now let, let me say something to you folks. God don't have to do that because he's already sent you. Where did you say, brother, how did he send me? Where, where did he send me? Well, he sent you in Matthew 28, 19. If we truly believe that God's word is a living and active word, that it's real and relevant for us, that means when he spoke to his disciples in that day and he said, I want you to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If that truth is real for his disciples then, how I many know it's still real for us today? And so God's already sent us. And He has sent us with a message. And that message is the gospel. That's what evangelism is all about. I want people to experience my Jesus. And they're not going to know unless we tell them. And so our purpose in going to Nicaragua is first to evangelize, carry the gospel with us, and give these people the truth of who Jesus is. But secondly, we are going to edify the body. The word edify means to build up. Now let me make this very, very clear to you tonight. I'll say that with the utmost humility. Because I want you to know, we're not bringing anything new to these churches in Nicaragua when we go. There's nothing special about an American coming to Nicaragua and doing this. I told the pastor that I was... I'm talking to down there that we're going to be serving with, Pastor Ed, Eduardo Reyes. I told him, I said, brother, I want to be a part of what you're doing. You love these people. You know these people. God has given you a vision for this community. And so what I want to do is come alongside and help you. And that's our mission here. 
I think a lot of times, especially from America, we can be really arrogant. And we can, we can, just because we come from the American church, we're going to really make a difference and show them something they don't know. Folks, let me say something to you. I met some brothers down there that are on fire for Jesus. And, and I'm not so sure that we don't need them to come and minister to us a little bit instead of us going and ministering to them. Uh, there was a brother I met down there, uh, Manuel Ruiz. I, I love that man. I tell you, him and his wife, such a sweet, sweet spirit. You ever just meet somebody and you have that, an automatic kinship with them? That's how this was. I, I, just, I just loved him so much. So that made my trip just getting to meet with him. He pastored a church right outside of Managua. And we began talking about what all God had done um, in his church. And he started the church just a few years ago. And from the time that he has started, about two or maybe three years ago, I think he said, um, from his church, they have planted six other churches in the surrounding communities. Six. Now, each one of the six churches that came out of his church through discipleship programs. This is so cool what he was doing. He was going out and sending the men from his church into these communities and teaching them, teaching other men how to be carpenters. Giving them a trade, giving them a skill. And as they were teaching them to be carpenters, they're sharing the gospel with them. They're having Bible study with them. They're praying with them. And they did the same thing with the ladies in the community. The ladies that were in his church who knew how to sew was going out in the surrounding communities and teaching women how to sew. Now that was very valuable to the Nicaraguan people because the average salary for a Nicaraguan is about $180 a month. So if you can do a little carpentry work or you can sew to make some extra money, that's big for your family. And so they was meeting a need there, but in the meeting of the need, they were giving them Jesus. And it was from these discipleship groups that was happening that these churches started springing up. And now all six of these churches are self-sufficient. They're funding themselves. They're actually in the process right now of building six church buildings. And I started thinking, well, here we are in Hamilton, Alabama, and Man, we've seen that God move in our church. We're seeing Him move in our church, and that's fantastic. And, and I, I realize all of the things that go into just build one building that we're planning on doing. This brother's got six going. So I don't think there's nothing that we're going to go down and bring to them that they don't already know. But what we can do is come alongside them and build them up, edify them, help them in their mission, in their vision, what God's called them to so we go to evangelize, we go to edify, and we go to encourage. Pastor Eduardo, when I was speaking with him last Saturday, man, he was overwhelmed and excited that he had a mission team coming to his church. And that brother, listen, it was encouraging for me, and I believe it was encouraging for him too as we went. And so, folks, everybody that you go and minister to when you get there, if you're on the mission team, you're going to find that, listen, a lot of them already know Jesus, and that's okay. Encourage the brethren that are there. Love God and love people however we can. So we get to fulfill our purpose, evangelize, edify, and encourage. That's what I love about mission work. Man, it's, it's a powerful thing. I'm so thankful for God meeting the need like only He can do and sending me down last weekend. And it was such a blessing to me. And I've got just a few pictures tonight that I want to, uh, want to share with you. 
about what I found out and give you just a little bit of information this evening about what we'll be doing when we're there and how you can be a part of that, each and every one, the way you're going or you're not. And so, brothers, if you have those pictures, can you put the first one up there for me? Um, this is Trinidad. Trinidad is um, about 30 minutes south of where we'll be staying. We're going to be staying in a town called Esteli. And Brother Sean Doss, many of you know him, for years he's been going down to Nicaragua, I think for about the last eight or nine years he's been there. And for the most part, he's worked with the same pastors in Managua. Managua is the capital city, the biggest city um, in Central America and, um, and in Nicaragua, but in the whole Central America. It's a it's huge place. And for the most part, every mission team that comes to Nicaragua, most of them stay in Managua. They don't go any further. And that's what he's done for the last eight years, until about three years ago. And there was a door open so that he could go up to Esteli, and he went up there, and, and he began seeing a great need for churches in that area who did not have a whole lot of help coming to them. And so the Lord put upon his heart um, to start helping those pastors. And so that's where we'll be going. It's about two hours north of Managua and um, on the western coast of Nicaragua, and it's on the Pacific Ocean side. And so... Um, it's up in the mountains, man, a beautiful place. If you like uh, mountains, you're going to love this countryside, man. It's one of the most beautiful countryside I've ever saw. But Trinidad is where we'll actually be ministering at the week that we are there. It's about 30 minutes south of Esteli, and that's a picture of it there. Trinidad means three mountains, and whenever you get there, you're going to see why it's called that because it sits right in the center of three uh, huge mountains. And, man, it's a very pretty place. Go to the next picture. That is Pastor Eduardo. You know the two uh, there on the right, but the one on the left is, uh, is Pastor Eduardo Reyes. He pastors at the Fundamental Baptist Church in Trinidad. And um, again, there's this certain people that you meet that you have an um, instant kinship with. Your spirit, the Bible says, mixes with their spirit. And that's the way it was with this brother. I met with several pastors while I was down there. And my goal, what I want to see happen, and I've told you this before, but um, I want to create some relationships with these people down there that we can go back over and over and over again. It can't, maybe that it's not just a one-week deal and then we're gone and we don't ever see them again. I want to be able to go back and actually make a difference in this area uh, with the people that we come in contact with. And I think the Lord has opened a door here for us to do that. Now, the next picture I have is a picture of his church. Man, he has a great facility there. Most of the churches that I saw in Nicaragua, they don't have a church building. They either meet in the city park or they, um, a lot of them, the church I preached in Sunday when I was down there, it actually met in a preschool. But this brother has a fantastic facility, and that's one thing that really excited me. That's going to enable us to do a lot of things. Um, when we're there... It's going to be during the rainy season. And from what I was told when I was down there, it's going to rain every day. It may not rain but 30 or 45 minutes in the day, but it's going to rain every day. So if you've got a place that you can actually meet at and a building you can go in, it's not going to hinder the work that we have planned. Uh, we've got some vacation Bible schools that we're going to be doing through the week. I know that is um, a very big possibility that we'll be doing that. There's kids everywhere in this community where this church is. 
Um, and so we'll be doing that in the morning. We'll be doing some door-to-door evangelism throughout the day. And then at night, it's possible that we may do some revival meetings, at least one or two. Because we're getting to leave on a Friday and we'll be there for Sunday services, we'll be having both Sunday services um, at his church, at this church. And so uh, that's going to be good. That's the outside of it there. I want you to to see the inside. That's the inside of the church. And man, um, they actually just built this building. Um, And the Lord is really blessing Pastor Eduardo and doing a great work in this community. You can see that by the facility that they have. Again, he's not had a mission team come. He told me in about eight years. He's been the pastor there for 15 years. So everything they've done, they've done themselves. And so the Lord's doing a great work um, in Trinidad, and I'm thankful to be a part of it. So that's where we'll be ministering at. That's the church. And then um, also wanted you to see something else. When, when I met with him, I told him, like I said before, I said, Pastor, I want to know your vision. We want to come alongside and help you. How can we help you do what you're doing in this community? What is your vision for this church? And he just turned around and pointed at the wall, and that's what he pointed at. Um, that's Matthew 28, 19. He said, that's my mission. He said, we're, we want to make disciples um, of, 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 of everywhere we go, all the people we meet. And I thought, well, it's easy to partner with someone who has the same goal. Amen? And so his goal is he's passionate, I'm telling you, about preaching to the lost and discipling the saved. And um, I cannot wait to, uh, to, to be there with this brother, and I know you're going to enjoy it as well. Now, one thing that I did love about how the Lord just, just does things that only he can do. In the course of us talking, I'd said that we had thought about maybe doing some medical mission work, that some had had some interest in that. And he said, uh, man, when I, when I said that, and the, I was speaking through an interpreter, the interpreter told him that, I seen his eyes light up. And he smiled real big, and he said, well, I'm glad you said that. Come with me just a minute. So we walked out of the church, walked down the hill to the left on the street down there, and this is what he showed me. This is a um, mobile medical unit. It's got pretty much everything you need on the inside to do any kind of medical work you can think of. There's a picture of the inside as well there. And um, that was actually given to this community years ago, but it's never been used because nobody's been there to use it. And so when I said something about a medical mission trip, man, he was fired up because he, the Lord has already provided something for us to uh, to do it in there, now he just needs the people to do it. So if we can come do that, that will be a big help to him and to his church. And so I thought that was pretty cool, um, how the Lord just worked all that out. So um, that, that's the pastor, that's the church. He took us around in the community. And the community that I'm about to show you, it's, it's pretty new. I think it's only been there about two years. In Nicaragua, they gave um, large tracts of land to people that would come in and just settle the land. And um, that's what they did in this community. And uh, go to the next picture there, guys. This is one of the houses. It's pretty much common that you're going to see as we're walking around. Um, we were walking around that day. We, this is pretty much what we always saw. And that's just four um, wooden posts in the ground with some tin they've salvaged from somewhere and thrown this thing together. And there was a family of five people living there. Dirt floors. I mean, it's going to be a whole lot different than what we're used to. But that's pretty much common for what we saw Everywhere we went. Um, Me and Brandy years ago had the opportunity to go to Haiti. And Haiti and Nicaragua, Haiti being number one, Nicaragua being number two, are the two poorest countries in the Western Hemisphere. So when I thought about 
you know, what we were going to see when we got down there. What I had pictured in my mind was a lot different than what we saw. Um, they are so far ahead of what we saw in Haiti. Um, go to the next picture. That was right across the street from that tin house. And that's, that's a pretty nice house for Nicaragua. I was talking to the pastor, and he said you could build that house for about $6,000 um, U.S. money. And, uh, and so that's, that's kind of what it looked like in the community we'll be sharing in, and sharing in and ministering to. Go to the next picture. You see this everywhere. People ride horses down there, um, not only for transportation, but, man, there's cowboys that are still working as cowboys, and especially in this community. Um, because there's a lot of ranches around. And so you would see guys out there in the fields working on horses all day. And so you see that everywhere. Go to the next one. Um, some have asked me about the hotel we'll be staying at. I, I told you before I left that Brother Sean had planned on going down and, uh, and actually buying a house. He was going to buy a mission house because he's pretty much concentrating all his international trips to either Nicaragua or Cuba. Um, and... So his plans is to do about nine or ten trips to Nicaragua and nine or ten trips to Cuba a year because there's such a great need there, and the Lord's doing a work there. And so uh, he would plan on buying a mission house so that he could just have that and use it for his own mission trips. When he got down there, all the houses were about three times um, the amount of what he had, he had planned on. And so it wasn't feasible for him to only... He's only got three trips this year, so it wasn't feasible to have... Pay that much for a house and only have use it three weeks out of the year. And so the plans going forward, he's wanting to do that, but just not right now. So we'll be staying when we go down there in a, uh, in a hotel, Hotel Don Vito in um, Esteli. And I told someone this morning that, man, I've stayed in a lot worse hotels here than, than what we stayed in there. It's a pretty nice place. We'll be eating breakfast there in the mornings and we'll be eating supper there in the evenings. And they had, uh, they had great food. We ate breakfast every day there in the hotel, um, and so it's a nice place, man. It's got uh, air conditioning, hot water. That's always a plus. Go on to the next slide. That's just the courtyard there at the hotel. It's Again, it's, um, it's nicer than I expected. It really is. Go to the next one there. This is in a town called San Rafael. That The last day that we are there, for those of you that are going on the trip, this is where we'll be, uh, we'll be going on our free day, and the best way I know how to describe it, I told Brandy, that if you're in Esteli, that's kind of like being in Pigeon Forge. And then if you go to San Rafael, that's kind of like being in Gatlinburg. That's pretty much how it is. You go on up further into the mountains, and man, that is a, some beautiful country up through there. So the last day, probably Friday or either Wednesday, we'll have a free day and go up there. Go to the next slide. Nicaragua has seven active volcanoes. Um, all seven of them is between Nicaragua and Esteli. And so this is just a picture of one of the ones that I saw as we was coming by. I don't know if that you can see it in that picture. That's kind of a long ways off. Um, but you could see the smoke just boiling out of the top of it, and that was pretty cool. But um, just a very pretty place. Um, yeah, you can see it there a little bit. But uh, I'm excited about what God is doing there. And I'm excited about our opportunity to be a part of it. I hope that you are too. I'm so thankful for all of you that have gave toward this mission trip. You have a part in what God does there. And man, um, I can't wait to see how the Lord's going to use all of us. And uh, very exciting for me as your pastor. Now, like I've told you before, 
there's three things that we can and we should be doing as far as mission goes. We can pray and we should pray. All of you know that last week Billy Graham passed away. And uh, one of my favorite stories about uh, Billy Graham is that he was going to a crusade in London. And before he left going for London, some of the guys in London that was getting everything together, they said, Dr. Graham, how can we help you? How can we help this crusade be a success? He said, well, there's three things I want you to do. I want you to pray, I want you to pray, and then I want you to pray. And folks, I believe that. Listen, if you want this to be a, a success, I want you to pray. I believe when God's people pray, the power of God is released upon our situation. So you pray that God has his way and will. Pray for those who are going. Pray for those that we'll be ministering to, that God's already softening hearts and preparing the way and opening doors that only he can open. So pray. Start now. If you hadn't started, start today and pray for the Nicaragua Mission Trail. You can also give. And uh, I've had a brother come to me here a while back, and he said, you know what, I can't go on this mission trip, but I want to make it so someone can go. Listen, however God leads you to, to give, give. Listen, if, if that's what God puts on your heart, do that. And again, thank you for all of you that's already gave. And then you can go. You can go. You, I had some say, brothers, I wish I could go. I want to go. Well, if you want to go, I need to know now, and we might can make that happen. Um, Anybody that wants to go, I want you to have the opportunity because I know you're going to be blessed by it. I know this will be a growing experience for you like you've never had before in your Christian walk. And so I'd love for you to go, but I need to know very quickly if you want to um, so that we can get all that taken care of. But those are three ways that you can help, and I pray that you do that as God leads. Anybody got any questions before we go any further tonight? Yeah, they were, there are Catholic churches everywhere. And so um, pretty much every town that we went in, they had, it's, it, and I, I get, began to notice this, you know, as we drove around the countryside there and went through all these little towns. They all had a, uh, like I guess you would call it a city park or a central park to the, to, the, to the town there. And in every park that we went through, there was a Catholic church that was adjacent to that park. So anything that happened... A lot of it had to do with what was going on at the Catholic Church. So yeah, there is uh, there is a lot of of Catholics everywhere. Ask me about safety, um, folks. I'll tell you, I, you know, you're you're going to a third world country, you know, and that that's all. I can always be a challenge, but I never once, when I was down there, felt threatened in any way. Everybody that I came in contact with was just as friendly as they could possibly be. Um, I, I never felt that we were in danger. Now, I'm sure that you can go to places where you'd certainly be in danger, but we're not going to be going to those places. You know, we're going to um, be smart and, and do what we can do to, to minister unto these, these people of God that we're going to minister to. So um, the, the hotel that we'll be staying in has an armed guard that's there 24 hours a day. You know, and I like that part of it. But um, to say that there's never going to be any danger, nobody can ever say that. But I never felt threatened. I will say this. If God's leading you to go to Nicaragua, you're much more safer there in God's will than you would be here out of God's will. So if God's leading you, I say go and trust him. You know, trust him that he's going to take care of you. He hadn't failed me yet. But th this, again, when I had the, when Brother Sean told me that, you know, Nicaragua was right behind Haiti for the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, I had a picture in my mind of what we saw in Haiti, but it wasn't nothing like that. 
Um, they have uh, grocery stores. They have um, what would be equivalent to our Walmart. Walmart actually owns it. They have that. Um, they have uh, uh, just pretty much everything that you would see here. Convenience stores, gas stations, all that. But um, I never felt threatened in any way. Anyone else? Let me tell you about one other thing. If we do the uh, some medical work while we're there, me and Brother Sean was talking about that, something that I would like to do, and I could see that that's something the pastor definitely saw as a need in his community. But if we do that, we would be able to hire a Nicaraguan doctor to come down and, um, and, and kind of head that up. But to do it, it's going to cost us about $500 a day for medicine that will be used. And so I'm just going to throw that out there. Hey, if that's something that you would like to be a part of or give to, um, there's definitely a need there. But let me know if God puts that on your heart. But um, that's something that I would like to do at least one day while we're there. Probably toward the end of the week, we'll try to, we'll try to do that. And so um, think about that, pray about that, and we'll see how God leads in it. Anything else? Sorry, we didn't get into radical. We will next week, I promise. Any prayer requests tonight?